Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about what happened to Russell Crowe. I thought men were supposed to age like fine wine. He ain't been aging like fine wine, so to speak, as they say in my native Texas. Now, I had talked to May about doing a versus series with Crow. We might do one in the future, but right now we're going to do a little retrospective as we talk about him and his burgeoning waist. Now, his burgeoning waist is nothing new. You might have gone back and seen that he had gained some pounds. Even going back, I probably noticed it in The Mummy, which I think was about 2016. But the guy's aging, and the guy's not aging well. And the funny thing about Hollywood men Look, he's 58. Okay, so I don't want to compare him to like Brad Pitt, who's a little older than him, or Tom Cruise, because those are just both preternatural creatures. But look at other men that are his age, Hugh Jackman, Denzel. They look better than Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, those years of hard partying are catching up to him. Catching up to him. And the reason I want to do an episode on Crowe is because he released The Pope's Exorcist. This, uh, I think it came out in April. And look, to be fair, I'm Catholic. I would love to go see any movies that are Catholic. Like I like Scorsese's Silence, for example, The Sound of Music. We have an episode here. I like movies that don't always portray priests as evil pedophiles because not all priests are like that. It's only actually 0.3% of all priests have ever been convicted of anything inappropriate, which is infinitely lower than public school teachers, daycare workers, foster care parents and so forth but that's neither here nor there so I, I, I but at the same time as much as i would support the pope's exorcist i don't like horror movies especially satanic type horror movies like possession so i likely will not see this movie and it's interesting to look at crow because he's at that age where he should still look good and he doesn't but he still gets roles but they're not really good roles anymore See, we talk about how like women as a whole, unless they're really good actresses or put out to pasture, normally in their early 40s, and you see some actresses that just voluntarily bow out. Think of someone like Cameron Diaz. You think of someone like Jessica Alba. And then some that don't want to bow out, and then they get the plastic surgery, and you're like, you just need to bow out. And then you have the legitimately good actresses that will be acting into their 60s, like Julianne Moore and Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman and Kate Blanchett. But typically, they have harder times getting roles because, as a whole, women are in Hollywood because they're supposed to be the eye candy. And when you reach your 40s, you're just not as attractive looking as you were in your 20s. And for Hollywood's sake, there's going to be the next generation of women that are going to replace you. So if you look at even someone like Emma Stone and Jennifer Lawrence who are in their 30s, they were the it girls 10 years ago. They've been replaced by younger it girls like Anya Taylor-Joy or Elle Fanning. So this is part of Hollywood. But typically with men, male actors will always get roles because they're not necessarily defined by their, their looks and their beauty. And also because a lot of scripts are out there for men and middle-aged men, whether they be cops, whether they be spies, whether they be doctors, whether it be, you know, whatever it is. 
So you'll see Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling and, and the other guys in their 40s keep getting roles. Crow, no. <laughs> Something's happened to Crow. So I think some of it is he hasn't taken care of himself. If you don't know about his past, he's, he's had a drinking issue. I don't think he's ever considered a drinking issue. I don't think he's ever been in rehab. Unlike Ben Affleck, who admits he's got a drinking problem. Crow drinks a lot. Crow has been in numerous altercations in his life, getting arrested for brawls and so forth. Even I remember when I lived in Austin, he was in Austin to promote a movie and he got in a fight at one of the hotels there. So I think he's just one of those guys, unlike Hugh Jackman, because Hugh Jackman's had to stay in shape for X-Men Wolverine roles, that maybe part of him is like he never had the workout ethic after, I don't know, Gladiator. And he just started letting go and he's like, yeah, I don't care. You know, maybe he hasn't been hooked on the glamour and Hollywood life that much and that he feels like he needs to be in shape or maybe he's just lazy and likes the booze and he's like, I've done my classic movies now I'm just going to go relax in my gigantic farm in Australia. I don't know what it is, but he is the aberration, right? He is the kind of antithesis of other men in their 50s who stay in shape. Robert Downey Jr. is another one. I mean, there's a list of male actors in their 50s that still... Stay in a modicum of shape. Liam Neeson's another one, right? They they are older, but they they stay in shape. And Crow just looks like a just looks like a bloated pig, and that does affect his roles. But ultimately, when it comes to Hollywood, the thing that affects you getting movie gigs is whether or not your movie's no longer open. Because Hollywood's all about money. It's all about money. They don't care if you're fat. If you're a male actor in particular, they don't care if you're fat or not. It's are your movies opening? And even with female actresses, if Rebel Wilson, we have an episode on her, how she has no talent, or Melissa McCarthy, if they're opening movies, they don't care if the woman is overweight or not. They don't care if, if Russell Crowe's unhealthy because he drinks too much and ruining his liver. They just use these actors to get what they want. And I think it's best illustrated in, in Babylon, the Brad Pitt character, the... the silent screen icon realizes he's getting phased out and that Hollywood just consumes people and he feels depressed. Then he has that conversation with the film critique, the old lady, and says, no, you know, don't see it that way. See it as you're going to be immortalized on screen forever and you'll always look good, kind of like James Dean or Marilyn Monroe. But Brad Pitt's character doesn't see that and I'm not going to spoil what happens. So let's look at Crow and just see what happens because ultimately it's all about he makes poor choices. So I remember seeing him first in The Quick and the Dead. I've, I love that movie. I think The Quick and the Dead is such a great movie. It's a Western that has Sharon Stone as the lead and she just is like a Sigma. She just kind of does her own thing like The Mandalorian. She comes upon this town that's run by the, the kind of the Caudillo the strong arm by Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman has an estranged son, played by DiCaprio. And Russell Crowe is, let's I take a break. I to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. 
We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 2017, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. Russell Crowe is a guy that used to run in Hackman's gang doing bad things and he's reformed, he's become a preacher. So Hackman has this contest, kind of like, I guess you could say a uh, single elimination, March Madness, where these gunslingers have to go against each other and he forces Russell Crowe's preacher who's found God to participate. And that was the first time I saw him and I just thought he was amazing. And I didn't even know he was Australian because he has an American accent in that movie. And he's just very handsome. You know, Thin Crow has got a very just great face. Then he was in Virtuosity, which was a complete stinker movie. Then he's in the classic LA Confidential. He's one of the great up and coming actors. And that brings him a lot of notoriety. Then you see him in The Insider. The Insider is... Uh, 1999, that's a great movie. He gains a little weight for that movie, but that's him and Pacino. That's the movie about Big Tobacco. Then he slims down for Gladiator, which he gets the Academy Award nomination, and win. Then he does Proof of Life. We've covered Proof of Life already on the scandals, sex scandals. That's when he has his little illicit affair with Meg Ryan. Then he does A Beautiful Mind, which he gets another Academy Award, I believe, nomination. And he also got a nomination for The Insider. I thought he got a nomination for Master and Commander, which I love that movie, by the way, because I do like history stuff and anything that has to do with exploration. But he's on a roll around the turn of the millennium because he's doing Insider, Academy Award nomination. Gladiator, Academy Award win. Beautiful Mind, next year, 2001, Academy Award nomination. And that movie does very well. Uh, Connolly wins the Best, Actor, uh, Best Supporting Actress. 2003 does Master and Commander, great movie as I mentioned, got good Paul Bettany uh, appearance, who is the husband of Jennifer Connelly. Then he does 2005 Cinderella Man, that's a boxing movie that takes place in the 20s with Renee Zellweger. Then he does A Good Year, which I've mentioned before in the Marion Cotillard Sexy Saturday episode, is a great episode, it's a rom-com that takes place in Provence, done by Ridley Scott, who's a guy you don't typically think of doing rom-coms. It's a cute movie. And he's already aging there. He's already aging there. You can kind of see the bloat there. And it, it, it's only 2006. And at that point, he's probably late 30s. Then he does 310 to Yuma, which is May and I. We love that movie because it's got Christian Bale and him in a Western. He's great in that. Then he does American Gangster in 2007 with Denzel. Great movie. Then he does Body of Lies in 2008 which is a CIA movie that, that did well, was received well. They need a state of play in 2009, kind of another thriller. That one didn't do as well. 
Then he does Robin Hood in 2010. That movie was kind of a stinker. It can't be as good as the Costner one, right? Then it starts falling apart for him. He does La Miz, and he gets kind of made fun of for being Javert, who can't sing. And But that movie does well, and it's not because of him. He is in it, but it's not because of him. So he, he does this 10-year period where he's just stinking it up. You, you really go from, I would say, Body of Lies, American Gangster, 2008. He's still relevant in that he can get roles like Robin Hood, for example. And be cast in La Miz with Jackman and Mike Seyfried and all that. But then you look at you look after that. Broken City, 2013. Man of Steel, he plays the dad, Jarrell, but that's small. Winner's Tale, 2014. Noah, Aronofsky's Noah. That was a complete stinker. He does that with Connolly. That one tanked. Tanked. He comes back and does The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys is a great movie he does with Gosling. That's kind of his return to form. If I'm not mistaken, that is a movie that is directed by Shane Black and written by Shane Black. He's a great writer. I mean, he's done some of the great movies, some of the Iron Mans that are really good. And uh, it's a great movie. And he already in that movie is already like super bloated and he's mid 40s, but he looks like he's 60 in that movie already. So he's already having that problem right there. And that's in 2016. And then really the the nice guys is the last time that he has been relevant at all because it gets it gets even worse for him after nice guys. He does the mummy where he plays Jekyll and that was supposed to be a spin-off. That's the Tom Cruise mummy and that does not do well at all. They'd even spin it off after that because it was so bad. Then he does just not memorable stuff. Boy erased, the true history of the Kelly gang. He does unhinged in 2020, I remember the ads for that because it was during COVID. He's like, I know it's COVID. It's, I know it's lockdown. And this is still in 2020, late 2020. And he's like, but come to the theaters. And nobody did. Then he just Thor Love and Thunder. He plays Zeus. That's not a big role. Prize Fighter in 2022. The Life of Jim Belcher. The Greatest Beer Run Ever 2022. Poker Face 2022. And then Pope's Exorcist 2023. So he does... Four movies in 2022, and aside from Thor, Love and Thunder, which is not big or people go to see him, these are all tanks. And so what happened with him is a combination of a couple of things. Hollywood, I think, never really liked him in that he was always high maintenance, drinking, cantankerous, belligerent, and they could tolerate that if you're bringing in the revenue. But then he won, He went through a run where he wasn't bringing in the money anymore. He wasn't bringing in the money. And so the him being out of shape doesn't help. Because I think there's certain roles he can't get because of it. But again, as a middle-aged man, you can be a fat CIA agent. You can be a fat doctor, fat lawyer. So I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's just he's made poor choices in his life, his personal choices... And he's made poor choices in movies. And again, it doesn't help because normally people want to look at attractive people when they go to the, the, the silver screen. Unless you're a comedian, it's different if you're a comedian. And I think part of it is just like when they see Crow, as much as they think he's talented, and I still think he's a talented actor. It's just that, you know, he doesn't look good. And people are like, oh my God, what's happened to Russell Crowe? And I think it's almost like a negative connotation that happens when, when you associate with Crow. Really quickly, his personal life. 
As I mentioned, he was uh, had an affair with Meg Ryan, which broke up the relationship she had with Dennis Quaid. And I talk about in that episode how Ryan was kind of happy that it happened because it made her kind of shirk off the Hollywood perfect good girl image that she had. So he married Danielle Spencer, who's an Australian singer. And by the way, Crow's New Zealand. We think of him as Australia, but he was born in New Zealand. And Australia has always rejected his residency. He's He's got land over there, but I mean, they're not going to kick him out. But because he doesn't spend enough time in Australia by, by their immigration law to actually qualify as an Australian citizen. But he marries De- Daniela Spencer and in uh, 2003. And... They were dating for quite some time before that. And then they have two children that were born in 2003, 2006. And then they had separated in 2012 and they divorced in 2018. And he's got some girl on the side now that's not even relevant. I mean, he's always going to have a girl on the side because he's Russell Crowe. And of course, these women, Brafo's law, man. These, these women don't really like him for who he is. They're just trying to get famous by being with him and hearing good stories about Hollywood. But Crowe, look, man, you're a gifted actor. You're an Academy Award winner. You've definitely showed that you have acting chops. Let's just get the drinking in order. Let's let's optimize yourself. Let's get your drinking in order and let's pick better roles. And Hollywood will take you back if you can just start, do small independent movies. Like if Pope's Exorcist is probably made for, I don't know, $20 million. If it can make $50 million, it shows that he can open movies again and start slow and rebuild. That's what I recommend. But I love you, Crow. Guys, I'll post a poll what you think about Russell Crowe. Two links in the episode notes. One is for PayPal to make a donation. The other one is a link to the Eclectico Gregorio website. Check it out. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.